0: Welcome to Exploit It. I'm Alexis Jowski.
1: I'm Kevin Daly.
0: And this week we are looking at Coffee from 1973, directed by Jack Hill.
2: My name's Coffee. I know what you want to, and you're going to get it. Of your rotten life, you don't push her. Are you sure you're not just a little black? Let me see you crawl over here, you black trash. You want me to crawl? What are you doing? Put that down. You want to spit on me and make me crawl? (laughs) Just tell me. Did this man send you to kill me? No. He didn't know nothing. Take her out and kill her. think of all the fun I could have had with a good-looking stud like you.
3: You really mean that?
2: All your friends are dead. Why kill them all?
0: Jack Hill is a name where we're going to get used to. He's directed a lot of good exploitation films. Indeed. And all of them have Sid Haig. One of my favorites. They all have Pam Greer, too, who is our star here in coffee. And the movie starts in a nightclub.
1: With some funky
0: music. Some funky music is playing, and we have Big Man is the, the guy, and his, like, associate comes in and is like, Hey, Big Man, Big Man, I got this girl in the car. That she she really wants you, and he starts ranting, man. I don't need no tail. I got plenty of tail. I got white tail.
1: I'm <laughs> like, dear?
0: Says, oh, but this girl, she's she's really fiending for heroin because we figure out big man deals heroin. Right. And this girl, man, man, you got to see. I wouldn't come and tell you unless it was something worth telling. And so big man goes out there, and there's Pam Greer in his car.
1: Yep, doing sexy things.
0: She's doing sexy things.
1: Oh, my first thought, though, was when he's like, I got this girl out. Why is she in my car? I'm like, doesn't this car have locks?
0: Well, he also tells him, he's like, you get up and drive. It's like, I'm just going to get high and watch.
1: Hey, no shame. You like what you like.
0: And so Pam Greer is doing her best of seducing him. She's grabbing at him and going, wow, you really are a big man.
1: It's like, yep, because <laughs> he's packing some heat.
0: And that's actually when we get our opening credits.
1: Which is some sick wah pedal going on the music and a lot of driving
0: yeah well the credits are all through the front the front windshield of that car and the song coffee is the color
1: yes (laughs) it's pretty good
0: it is um this movie actually has a lot of different theme songs this is the first of two songs that are called coffee
1: that's true there are two songs that are called coffee
0: and then so we get out of the credits and we have Big Man and Coffee are in bed, and she's keeping it up. She's fiending, you know. Every time he tries to get close, she's like, "Oh God, I need my, I need my fix.
1: How's the fix coming?" Meanwhile, our bro in the back's getting, uh, getting it all cooked up.
0: When Big Man goes to track, he comes back, and now Pam Grier has a shotgun. Yeah, and she says the best line in the movie: "This is the end of your life, you motherfucking dope pusher." <laughs> And she blows his head clean off
1: it's uh pretty nice, like just straight like first person uh like shot it was kind of it was good
0: yep, and we learned that that coffee is a badass. she's not some heroin junkie, she's fucking awesome,
1: yep, she's out there for for vengeance
0: and she, she goes to the uh the other guy, Grover is his name. It was like it was easy for him because he didn't see it coming, but you see it coming. And the way she kills him is she makes him overdose on marijuana. on uh, not marijuana, on heroin. On heroin. Who the fuck overdoses on marijuana?
1: Well, they, they they say that would happen if we, you know, if we go back to our previous episode. So.
0: <laughs> yes, if we go to Reefer Madness,
1: that, that Reefer Madness uh, propaganda get, getting you.
0: Yeah, it's still lingering all these weeks later. That's right. But no, he overdosed. She forces him to overdose on heroin. Because when we find out later, they they all, the police assume that this Grover guy killed his dealer and then shot himself. And then overdosed. Overdosed, yeah. So Coffee's not not even at all a suspect.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think they knew she was there. Yeah. it does look like it just... Looks like a drug deal gone bad, right?
0: It does It does look like a drug deal gone bad. We get her motivation she 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 explains that her little sister lubell coffin cause coffee is short for coffin, apparently yep she did smack at eleven years old, and these people got her addicted and now her, that that little girl's life is ruined, and she's out for justice and you know what more power to her that's appropriate
1: justice, tough mountain to climb, given the uh as we find out.
0: Yeah, as we find out, she's got a lot of vengeance ahead of her. But also, it's deserved because who the fuck is going to give heroin
1: to an 11-year-old? I mean, I wasn't alive during this era, so I wouldn't put it past it, though. Like. Well, I mean, it's still a thing that exists. Oh, I know. Heroin's still still around everywhere, yeah.
0: And we find out that Coffee, um, her regular job, she's a nurse.
1: With a really high-strung surgeon. A really high strung surgeon that
0: shouts at everybody.
1: Probably shouldn't be performing surgery if you're that high strung.
0: Coffee, she's also kind of out of it because she just, like, went out and murdered these drug Kill, dealers. Killed so a she, couple people? So she's not on her best game at work. True. Yeah. Oh, I I do have the note evil,
1: shitty doctor. <laughs> yeah. I said it needed to chill out a bit. It was pretty bad.
0: It was. Well, they drop, like, three different. Um, scalpels in that scene like there's another nurse that sucks and he's like get coughing in here and then coffee comes in and she's just kind of zoned out and he yells at her to go
1: get coffee go get coffee coffee S- sounds like uh, malpractice ready waiting to happen coffee is, the color.
3: coffee is the color of coffee and nobody knows coffee like coffee
1: And here at Coffees, Coffees, you have coffee the way coffee's supposed to be, like coffee. Whether it's coffee, the warm, refreshing drink you like, or
0: coffee, the badass woman fighting drug dealers. Coffees, Coffees has the coffee
3: you need when you need coffee, and nothing but coffee will do. We don't deal with that Frappuccino shit either. Leave that to Starbucks. Coffees, Coffees has coffee the way coffee's supposed to be, hot and black with sass instead of sugar. So try Coffees Coffees for the most badass coffee around. And unless you're a motherfucking dope pusher, we hope to
1: see you real soon. Deep.
2: Yeah, yeah. But she's
0: clearly, clearly stressed out, which I appreciate for this kind of movie. Yeah. That she, she is a badass, but it does wear on her. She's still a human being.
1: Right. She describes it kind of like being in like a dream state. Very interesting, interesting way of putting it.
0: When the cops come by to ask about the people that came in, the the, dru- the drug overdose, the one oh, that yeah. coffee caused, and we meet her, the new cop, Carter Brown, who is Coffee's friend and I think ex, it's, it's hinting yeah, that they, they use-
1: were younger, yeah.
0: That they used to have a romantic relationship, but now they're just, like, best
1: friends. And, of course, he's uh, he's trying to get back together with her. Yeah. yeah. He's not even trying to hide it. <laughs> he's just like, we should get back together.
0: And she's just like, oh, sugar.
1: We were so young. It would never work.
0: Because Coffee is in a relationship, we find out. Yep. She is dating a politician.
1: Yeah, they go to this restaurant.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't get the best introduction to him. It, it's a strip club, fancy restaurant.
1: Sort of, yeah. I don't even know what's going on. There's a terrible dancer who's topless, and it's like the head of, chief of police with hanging out Goffey's boyfriend, who is uh, going to be running for Congress. But it's like the random old couple in the back just hanging out watching some naked girl dance. And she's dan You're right. She's dancing
0: terribly. She's like hardly into it.
1: It's very the scene is very bizarre. And again, I didn't live during this era, so maybe this was normal, but somehow I doubt it.
0: She's got the fakest half ass smile. She's just terrible. Though we do see her way way later in the movie, but we'll get to that. But yeah. So she's dating this politician. What is his name? I wrote his name down. Well, Ruben oh. Ramos is the uh, the police commissioner.
1: I don't think I wrote this guy's name down either.
0: I know I have it here. I have like every fucking name. Let's see. Do I
1: have that? It's so weird because like he's pretty important to the story, but also I don't think they mentioned his name that many times.
0: They don't. Uh, Howard. Howard Brunswick. That's his name. Oh, yeah. yeah
1: Brunswick. Yeah, right.
0: Howard Brunswick. Totally white name for this black guy. Yeah. The strip club is also where we see, like, quite a lot of our villains,
1: too. Yeah, we got old One-Eye.
0: Yeah, we got His that. His name
1: is Aleba.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you got that one. I can't. my notes say One-Eye.
1: I only wrote that down because he reminds me of a family friend of ours. Like, he kind of looks like it, but if he grew a mustache, it's kind of, it's one of those situations, again, where it's like, uh, uh-oh, this person looks like a family friend and I'm, once again, getting to be very, very, very concerned.
0: Yeah, you got the, the, the obviously evil dude with the eye patch, and who does not like his picture taken. No. Because some girl takes these, this couple's picture, because apparently that's what you do at strip clubs.
1: Yeah, this old couple, random old couple, probably rich.
0: Yeah, just get their picture taken at a strip club, but he happens to be in the background, so he chases this girl down and threatens to cut off her breasts.
1: And she gives him the camera. Or film at least.
0: Yeah, it gives him the film. And then we get Coffee and Howard and he announces that he's running for Congress, and Coffee says, Well, I ain't ever screwed a congressman before.
1: Right. And I wrote, Well, now she has.
0: Well, presumably he's running <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, they have that sex scene.
0: Yeah, they're naked and drinking wine, and then she pours wine on his crotch as a prelude to giving him head.
1: Well, they had this scene before where they're actually, like, sex, and she's, like, having, like, these flashbacks to shoot that, (laughs) too. Yeah. Like, weird thing to think of, well, fucking, you know?
0: Well, I mean, earlier she has that conversation with Carter in the car. Yeah. Where she's, like, Oh, these, these these drug dealers, you know, they because they're gonna go visit Lubell, her daughter. Not, yeah. Her daughter, her
1: younger sister, who is a methadone clinic or something. She's yeah recovering from her <laughs> heroin addiction. Yeah,
0: it's a juvenile rehab center, is what the sign says, and I'm like, that's just depressing.
1: We should do some more re- research on on that. What when is the set? Do we seventy what? I can't remember. Seventy three. Yeah, I should do. That'd be interesting to do some research on heroin issues and urban environments in 1973. Yeah. Anyway, the after after they have sex, it has maybe my favorite reaction to sex ever in a movie, where she's like, "Don't make me laugh." You, you know, you best not have had any for a while. I've been saving it all for you. I'm like, "Oh wow." She's talking about just laughing out the (laughs) come from her. (laughs) Like that is incredible. (laughs) That is so. it's, It's such an honest honest moment it is actually this whole movie is full of them which i i really appreciated that
0: yeah um unlike a lot of other exploitation movies especially in this genre that um try to go over the top this one is pretty based yeah i mean it takes itself and its subject matter pretty seriously
1: and it does have an important message yeah especially for the time period it was set i mean it's still relevant today sadly but there's heavily relevant in the time it was made well and that's another thing
0: you get with exploitation because they they have messages relevant to these lower income communities of color yeah. which in 1973 dealing with drug epidemic and that was pushed by white people you know that's exactly what this movie
1: is ta- tackling right still kind of in that cycle to this day so yeah It's like, oh, good. Fifty years later, we're still doing this. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks. Great. We did an awesome job, guys.
0: Coffee and Officer Carter Brown, they have their conversation where she says, like, have you ever done something while you were mad? Like she wants to confess. Yeah. Because it's weighing on her soul that she killed these two dudes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And he gets a phone call.
0: Well, before – he does tell her, he's like, you know, you can't kill all the drug dealers, you know, because each one's part of a chain. It's just going to go back to some place in Colombia or whatever. Vietnam is what he says.
1: Vietnam, Turkey, I think he brings up. Yeah. Basically anywhere anywhere opium is grown, you know, uh, poppies are grown heavily.
0: But, yeah, he does get a phone call, and it's an important phone call. It is. Because Carter is the last good cop.
1: Right. He's the only one not on the tape.
0: Yeah, and the phone call he gets is them trying to get him to get on the
1: take. And sadly, Honor will get you killed in that line of work.
0: He tells them to go fuck themselves, basically. And the the big gangster, Vitone? Vitroni.
1: Vitroni, yeah, right.
0: Vitroni sends out his goons, one of them being Sid Haig. Yep. To beat the shit out of Carter. And they beat the shit out of him.
1: Yep. They do. Uh, they they try to rape coffee, too. But the one guy is like... We yeah, have to go. We have to go. We don't have time for this shit. I
0: Meanwhile, Sid Higgs has his hand in her blouse. and just feeling her tits. He's like, hey, just one second, man.
1: He's like, no, no, dude, we gotta go. And they left. <laughs> and, they and they left. And cooler heads prevailed, I guess.
0: Carter is in the hospital, and he is, like, in every cast... Like, full body gas.
1: Oh, yeah, he is beat to hell.
0: Like, he'll never walk again, maybe. You know, he is irreparably damaged.
1: The corrupt cops come in, and it's like, what can you tell me? It's like, well, he might go to the bathroom by himself again. And they seem pretty content with the fact that he's not going to be able to tell anybody anything.
0: Coffee announces to everybody, I'm going to kill those bastards. Yeah. And she will! (laughs) She will, yeah. This is the whole point of this movie. This is the next step of her revenge, and so she goes out to track down this heroin chain, and she goes to see this former prostitute and junkie. But former is in parentheses because apparently she still is.
1: Yeah, only a little bit, <laughs> just occasionally.
0: Yeah, only occasionally, even though she's snorting every other line.
1: And she's like, I don't, I don't have a habit.
0: <laughs> i don't have a habit it's only occasionally you know but her name's priscilla and coffee's interrogating her to find out you know who's the big dealer where does he keep his stash hidden and priscilla's like oh no you're you can go fuck yourself
1: so they get into essentially a night fight
0: yeah and um, uh, the other thing is priscilla she has her old man she, that's the word that she uses for her old man harriet yep and as they get into this fight and Priscilla eventually says that the the big the big dealer is King George and he hides his stuff in a secret compartment in his in his fireplace. That's when Harriet comes in. One
1: of the things I like about this scene and, and again several several of the fight scenes in this movie is there is de- uh, definitely some like realism. she gets the she takes her like coat and wraps it around her hand like cloak and rapier and cloak and dagger was like a legit fighting technique in the in the renaissance because the cloak can catch a bladed weapon. You know, people think oh you can go through clothes like no if you have a thick coat a thick piece of fabric it's really hard to get through that. Yeah. So you use it as like a shield almost like a buckler and it was something that was really it was if you look at the historical combat treatises this was something that was actually taught. So I thought that was really cool.
0: That is cool that they do have those Kind of well thought out fight scenes,
1: and I'm wondering if also like I don't know much about like you know brawling, street fighting, and and dagger fighting, like. But I, I would imagine that that's something people do in real life even today because it's a good idea. It works.
2: Yeah, because
0: Priscilla she, pulls out a knife.
1: Yeah, she breaks a bottle and gets a cloak basically to function as a shield, and then suddenly she's got an advantage.
0: Yeah, she's got. Well, she breaks the bottle. She's like, "You want to play with knives?" She breaks a bottle, and so she's now got a makeshift blade and she yeah she has the cloak as a, a shield
1: <laughs> yeah i thought that was a that's really cool i'm like dang all right someone thought that through i wonder if they had like an actual like fight choreographer or something
0: and also the other information she gets from priscilla is about arturo Vitroni that he likes foreign girls and he likes to like spit on them
1: he's right
0: he's... an awful person
1: he likes uh <laughs> his kink is abusing his his uh prey his prey yeah i don't <laughs> know his partner i guess
0: but we meet um king george who has his own theme music
1: oh i love it it's just literally exposition like it's just king
0: george here's king george the biggest pimp ever or it's something just- like that
1: yeah, it literally just talks about him and what he does, and it's just—it's it, just literally like it's straight like exposition song. It's really funny. It's amazing.
2: George, 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 George.
0: see him and he's he is full-on 70s pimp with the hat and the cane and everything
1: Pimping ain't easy but sure is fun
0: and coffee is speaking with this bad jamaican accent and calling okay. herself mystique
1: okay so i'm not the only one who goes this is barely like different than <laughs> bam <Bamber's> normal accent <laughs> a couple of words here and there
0: yeah she's like i'm the best jamaican sex worker mon
1: yeah she just throws a mon in here every now and then and the way she sounds pretty normal
0: and then we see King George's stable of women that all just live together in bikinis
1: in the, yep. the sex worker house. What they I have wrote. a dispatcher and everything. That's great.
0: They have a dispatcher and someone is also doing phone sex. But yeah, the dispatcher is like, tells this one girl like, oh, you got to go to this one guy. She's like, Oh, oh, but my back is sore. Oh no no, you just gotta blow him in his office. Don't worry, it's not a big deal.
1: She's like, okay, fine.
0: She's like, oh no, not the fat man again. <laughs> but King George has his main girl, who's named May, who's apparently home early to catch King George
1: with Pam Greer. Who's you gotta sample the goods if you're a pimp, right? And that's what he explains to her. Right. How do you get jealous if you are if your dude is a pimp? I know. Right. I mean, look, not not that I'm saying, like, pimping's okay or whatever. I mean, do what you're going to do. But you you knew what this was. Like, it's not like he even hides it. This dude is out strutting around in a hat and a coat. He's got a cane. Like, your dude is a pimp. And you are one of his girls, so how do you get jealous? Like, you knew what this was.
0: But he has this big party in in the sex house. And he invites, you know, all the big top bad guys. Vitroni is there. And it's and Sid Haig is there, of course, without the mask this
1: time. Right. Just, uh... Is he wearing a suit at this point? I feel like he's wearing a suit at this point.
0: But yeah, he's probably wearing a suit. And he's still being sleazy as all hell. <laughs> and Meg... Not May. My handwriting is terrible that my Meg looked like a May... Meg, <laughs> that's
1: that why I type. Man.
0: Yeah, they try hazing Pam Greer. Like they, um, they're not outwardly giving her shit. It's just like they purposely pretend to spill drinks on her. Right. Yeah, and well, they spill red wine, and she's in a white dress.
1: So she goes and changes.
0: But she takes the opportunity to, to find King George's stash and replace all of his heroin with sugar,
1: which turns out to be a a good decision. As things progress.
0: Yes, it's it's actually really good that this happens. And, you know, we have to remember it for like 40 minutes later. True. And we're going to stop for a real quick commercial break. Be back in one second.
2: George, George, George.
3: I'm sure you've heard that things like crack and heroin... a plague on those black communities. But I'll have you know that's just not true. White people love heroin too. Maybe even more so. Take it from me, a white man. I run a classy strip club downtown. You've probably never been there because you're poor. I mean I get customers who are potential congressmen. Do you rub elbows with members of Congress? Probably not. But With heroin, you probably could. I'm here today to talk about King George brand heroin. When it comes to sex workers and heroin, there's no brand better than King George. With just a phone call, you could get a blonde bimbo giving you a blowjob in your office while you shoot up the finest shit in all the nation. King George brand heroin, it's like sugar in your veins. Give him a call. You won't regret it.
0: And we're back. So, yeah, she swaps out the heroin with sugar. And she also takes the opportunity to put razor blades
1: in her hair. Uh, yeah, she's ready for a fight.
0: Yeah, and I'm like, that is clever.
1: I mean, you just expect these girls are going to pull your hair, right? So, she's going to put some blades in there.
0: And she goes out there and she goes right up to Meg takes this big-ass bowl of salad and says, oh, hey, Meg, you don't have any salad, and just dumps it all on her head.
1: Yeah, no subtlety on this one. She's just like, I'm dumping the salad on this girl.
0: And they, all, all the girls in a big, big fight, and they're ripping each other's blouses open, so
1: there's tits everywhere. This is definitely, like, the ex- puts the exploitation in this movie. <laughs> it does. This reminded me of some uh, Laura Gemser, <laughs> Joe <laughs> Damato movies. Like an Emmanuel film? Yeah, exactly. It just straight up reminds me of an Emmanuel film at this point.
0: And so they're fighting, and they're mostly topless. One person has a line. I, I didn't put who said it, but they go, It's funny. They're so violent.
1: That's uh, Petroni, <laughs> oh, who's that really, enjoying, really enjoying these girls just kicking the shit out of each other, because he's that kind of pervert.
0: Yeah, so they're all naked and Meg goes to grab Coffee's hair and surprise, the razor blade. Yep. Vitroni points out Coffee and goes, "She's a wild animal. I gotta have that girl."
1: Which was the point. He, her goal was to get
0: to get to Vetroni. Yeah. Right. Like exactly. King George was just a stepping stone. Like she didn't even want to kill King George. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. He was gonna make his uh, his clients really mad with his stash, but. Uh... Yeah, but she had no interest in actually killing, killing George.
0: Disgrace him, but but right. his boss. So just
1: right. go for He's the top brass. Right, He's the guy.
0: And so she's prepping for her meeting with Vitroni and it's playing our second coffee song. This yep. coffee baby danger waits for you.
1: Right. <laughs> the foreshadowing song.
0: <laughs> and she's hiding a gun and a stuffed animal. And and so she's getting acquainted with Vitroni. Yes. And I think at one point, you know, she's doing the same thing she did with Big Man at the beginning of the movie, really. Like, <laughs> she grabs Vitroni and she's like, oh, you, you sure you don't got a little black in you? Yeah.
1: Half black. <laughs> or whatever, yes.
0: And he starts with his abusive shtick. You know, he's like, get down on the floor where you belong, you inward. Right. And she is not having any of that. She, she stops playing along then and um, pulls out the gun. But it does not
1: go as planned. Because our boy, uh, uh, Oliva, had kind of noticed the issue.
0: Yeah, and it's like, hey, she's dating that congressman.
1: Right. So he informs uh, Sid Haig and his his friend. Yeah. Sid Haig is Omar, I think is the name of his character.
0: Omar. Yeah, Omar.
1: Omar and the other guy whose name I don't remember. Uh,
0: Sid Haig, Omar, insists that she's working with King George. He says he never should trust that pimp that all of those N words work together. And so she's black, King George is black, so she must be working with King George. Coffee sees us as her out, and so she says, Yeah, King George sent me to hit you.
1: Because while she had not intended to actually kill George, he also she also doesn't give two shits about him. And we'll Yep.
0: Yeah, well <laughs> throw him under the bus. Yes. Well, almost literally
1: Almost <laughs> literally, yes.
0: Because then Vitroni, you know, he gets Sid Haig, Omar, and other guy to go out
1: and hit King George. Vitroni wants to make it like an example of him, too. Like, And we
0: get this scene, and it's almost at this point where you kind of feel sorry for King George.
1: Oh, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. It's like, that dude's not a good guy? They didn't deserve this. Yeah,
0: and he doesn't know why that's happening. But he, you get this scene with him and Meg, where she's still expressing her jealousy, and he decides to... You know, comfort her like, "Hey, honey, we'll we'll get out of town, just you and me, or something like that." And he shows he goes outside to meet with Omar and them, and they get him in the back seat, and he knows something is happening. Right. And there's a lot of back and forth to where he thinks, "Oh, oh, it's just a joke." Oh, wait, it's not a joke. And they um they they pull off somewhere, and they tie him. And they get rope, and they tie him to the the bumper and Sid haig says this is the way we lynch
1: people (laughs) yeah it's pretty brutal
0: it is brutal because they they drive through town going faster and faster dragging him behind and he's smashing into things smashing into the curb i mean king george is super killed in a very public way
1: yeah message sent i guess
0: yeah message sent to everybody in in that part of los angeles
1: Right, especially those who uh, know who he is. Very rough.
0: And we get to Howard Brunswick again, and he's doing a – he's on the campaign trail. And he's doing this speech about drugs in black communities, that he cares for his brothers and sisters. And he's going to do what he can to take down the white power structure, which technically he's right. (laughs) Yeah. That all that money that's spent on drugs is all going to – feel this white power structure, but then we get his campaign manager who's like, "Okay, yeah, we got some good sound bites that Howard is full of shit." Yeah, and Coffee's locked up at Petroni's house, and you know she she finds a bobby pin on the ground cause she well she's like in some sauna.
1: Yeah, because she's got a rock and she's trying to bait Omar into getting brained by the uh, by the rock.
0: Yeah, and he's not having it, but she finds this pin that she sharpens with the rock and then hides, you know, and, it, and this is like the, the sugar heroine. It's, it's something that's established that we need to remember. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not going to happen immediately. But Sid Haig says his racist stuff. I think he tries talking about raping her again, but they get um, Howard over to Vitroni's house. And now we know that Howard is a piece of shit. Because he's working with these drug dealers. Right. And that's when they, they pull out Coffee. It's like, well, we caught your girlfriend trying to kill me. And Howard shows us true colors by saying, she's just some broad-eye fuck. Go ahead and kill her. Yeah. <laughs> he actually has a line here of, black, brown, or yellow, I'm in it all for the green.
1: Yeah, I did like that line.
0: And so Coffee's now heartbroken and facing death because they take her out to the car. And they're going to make it look like an overdose, is their plan.
1: Yeah, they're going to take her to Under the Bridge, which is a good place if you want to make something look like an overdose.
0: Yeah, and they point out that they got all of King George's shit that they're going to put in her.
1: And we're like, ah, yes, well, Ah. bad news for them, it's sugar.
0: Although I don't know what happens when you inject sugar into your veins.
1: I mean, if it's liquid sugar like... um like, when you go to the hospital, they have the, like, the IVs tend to be, like, a sugar drip. Yeah, it's and that's... Like ca- calories.
0: That's essentially the shot that they cook up. It's just sugar drip. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, it's going to give her... Some energy. Yeah. But they shoot her up until so she's playing, that she's super stoned from it. And Sid Haig, well, she she comes on to Sid Haig. She plays with his his weird, he's racist, but he also wants to fuck a black woman. And so she plays on that to get him over to another place under the bridge and just fucks him up with that hairpin. (laughs) Stabs him in the neck, and he's bleeding out,
1: and she runs away. Yeah, they're with the cops, too. I'd like to point out the corrupt cops are with them.
0: Yes, the corrupt cops, the bad cops.
1: Actually, they're in the cop car. They're driving the cop car to the bridge, and Omar is trying to, like, screw coffee in the back seat. And he's like, take that shit out of my car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he doesn't want much. anybody having sex in his car.
0: He's fine with him raping her, just not in his car.
1: Not in his car.
0: <laughs> the other guy chases after coffee. She She runs across
1: the freeway. And somehow people stop. Like, this is at night in L.A., yeah. On the freeway, and people are actually able to stop and not run her over. It's pretty impressive.
0: But they don't stop for the cop. I mean, not the cop, the other guy. Yeah. The other guy gets yeah. run down by a semi, Yeah, he does. it's awesome.
1: It is. He gets, hit, he gets hit a couple of times. They they make sure uh, he's well and good good and dead.
0: The cop chases down after coffee, and they have this kind of
1: like face-off in a construction yard. It's actually a pretty cool scene with her kind of maneuvering around the construction equipment to make it hard for him to drive the, the car and track her down.
0: Yeah, and she outsmarts him, flips the car.
1: And this is the 70s, so safety safety uh, safety is not guaranteed.
0: <laughs> but also, it's a movie, so you flip the car, it's automatically going to catch on fire and blow up, of course.
1: I love that he goes, it's going to catch on fire, that it just blows up.
0: <laughs> it just blows up. Like, How did this happen? Michael Bay off in a corner somewhere. That happens to every car. That's
1: right. Just <laughs> laughing maniacally.
0: And she goes out to a bus stop where a guy pulls up is like, hey, baby, need a ride? And that's one thing I forgot to bring up is how much more difficult it was for women in this era.
1: Yeah, not that it's great now, but.
0: Like, if you existed as a woman, men were going to try and rape you. Like, there's a scene where. <laughs> Definitely in that scene. She's parked near the hospital before work. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. Guy comes to her window and is like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then he just starts reaching through the window. And she's trying to roll up the window like, what the fuck? Get the fuck away from me. And luckily, Carter was right there to, to, you know, pull this guy off.
1: Yeah.
0: But, like, this dude was just totally just going to take this woman in the hospital parking lot.
1: But he, she's like, I like some booze, and he's like, all right.
0: Yeah, and they go to a liquor store, and he goes in to buy the alcohol, and she immediately steals his car.
1: Now, in my opinion, she should have waited for him to actually go in, so that when he came out, there'd just be no car. Yeah. But he was good in across the street. it was far enough.
0: He was far enough. He wasn't going to be able to catch up. And so it's like, go coffee.
1: And she yeah. she stops by some bush to get a hidden shotgun. Because... Apparently, she's just a professional now and she's got arms hidden everywhere, armed to the teeth, just hiding weapons. She's got all sorts of stashes about, I guess. And we got the Petroni and his buddies are at their house. They have a conversation. It's like, I wonder if if something went wrong with the other guys. And I'm like, stabbed in the neck, hit by a car, died in a fire. Yeah, some things went wrong.
0: But they see the headlights of Coffee's car and they're like, oh, look, here they're coming. Oh, they're coming pretty fast.
1: And then... Uh, Aliva just gets straight <laughs> dumped off, her, just smashed by the car.
0: Yeah, because she just smashes into this house. Kills Aliva with
1: that, and she just comes out blasted. She's very efficient. She just takes these dudes down.
0: And Vitroni falls in his own damn pool.
1: And he begs for his life. Get, and Coffee gets some information and kills him anyway, because, sure. Oh, he yes. deserves it.
0: <laughs> it's great because she's like, he's like, I'll give you anything, I'll give you a million dollars. She's like, oh sure, a million dollars, yeah. Can you also tell me where uh, where where Howard is? Oh yeah, they're, they're over at this cabin. Okay, and she shoots him in the head.
1: Yep, I guess that efficient. Yep. No long drawn out, you know, fire shootings. She just goes in there and kills them all.
0: Yeah, no big. It's not a big shootout. She just fucking plows that car in and comes out blasting.
1: Love it. Love the efficiency.
0: And so she has her, she gets to the Howard's Beach House, and they have this scene together. And he's trying to talk to her. He, he's lying.
1: You know, and that's uh, where she says,
0: seems like a dream that I'm
1: still in. It's interesting, because this scene actually reminds me of, like, Kill Bill Volume 2. The scene at the end with uh, David Carradine and... The bride. Thur- <laughs> yeah, and Uma Thurman at the end. And it kind of reminds me of that. It's just like the show off between, you know, the one who's out for vengeance and the one that's, you know, about to die.
0: And you know that they have feelings for each other and you think maybe those feelings will overpower this rage.
1: Right. And that's again, that's, you know, Tarantino, obviously, very heavily inspired by exploitation films and. And the scene is very similar. But unfortunately for Howard, his uh, side piece comes down the stairs. Yes,
0: the stripper from way into the, earlier in the film. It's the same woman.
1: Yep. And uh, so he just gets shot in the, like, junk.
0: <laughs> yeah, she just shoots him right in the dick with a shotgun and leaves. She and doesn't leaves. say anything. Yeah, it's great. She doesn't call him a bastard. She's just like,
1: oh, you no know. No pithy one-liners, him. just shoots him and walks off. <laughs>
0: And the final shot is her walking down the beach?
1: Yep. Credits.
0: And credits. You know, she accomplished what she needed to do. And you know what? She probably did get away with it.
1: Thus justice was served.
0: She had a rough day at work the next day because, you know, being short of sleep and all that.
1: Right. It was a long night.
2: Yo, my fellow funk stars. No longer shall the powers that be command how you handle your style or person. At Hammerspace Hair Salon, we not only encourage national vibes for your hair, but we will also unleash the hidden unities that your top can provide. Whether you're doing community service by taking out dope pushers, or working your nine to never-ending shift as a nurse, or just showing off your flavor, Hammerspace will show you how to store your cash, address, books, or even sidearms in your Knowledge Center. You heard me right, we can help you store weaponry in your hair. No more turkey chemicals or snatchable bags for you. Razor blades or shotguns in your weave for when you need it. That's Hammer Space Hair Salon. Take your style to the next galaxy. Uh,
0: there was supposed to be a sequel. Oh. Um, that was called Burn Coffee Burn. Ha, <laughs> okay. But Jack Hill realized that Blaxploitation sequels really didn't make a whole lot of money. Ah. Uh, so he made Foxy Brown instead. Another classic with Pam Greer. Pam Greer made many classics. Yes, she did. Well, well, we have more of hers coming up, too. Granted, they're Jack Hill's Woman in Prison films, but still.
1: <laughs> Actually, my introduction to Pam Greer was in Escape from LA, where she played Carjack Malone. Oh, yes.
0: Um. My introduction early on She was on
1: pretty was badass, in, too.
0: The movie Jackie Brown.
1: Yeah, I don't have Tarantino.
0: <laughs> yeah, which was his homage to exploitation films with Pam Greer.
1: I haven't seen that one, actually. It's I've badass. heard it's excellent. I've heard it's pretty good.
0: Give it a shot. It's available I like, somewhere.
1: <laughs> I've liked every movie Tarantino's made that I've seen. There's, I think about half of them, I want to say.
0: But this, Coffee... I love this movie. Coffee's a great movie.
1: it's weird. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, okay, it's an exploitation movie, but it's just it's so incredibly well made it's like it's a revenge movie. it fits in the same thing with like Death Wish or whatever you know. Like it's right there, and actually it's interesting because this one has a lot of um, overlap with like hardboiled detective fiction or film noir, where you got your corrupt cops, your seedy underbelly. You know, it's set in California. You've got your your heroic your your protagonist is just an everyday person with a very
0: specific personality, though they're not just like everyday milk toast.
1: Right? No, no, no. They you know they have a sense of justice that may not always aligned with what the law is pressing down. So I kind of dug that about it. It was it was very much like it had a it had this no war vibe to it. And I kinda of, you know, I kinda of did like I said, studying a lot of that genre has led me to look at a lot of these films and, Oh, yeah, 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 it's got those elements to it.
0: Yeah, um and I like that it takes itself seriously.
1: Yeah. It's a
0: drama. It is a drama that happens to have some really neat action scenes
1: that right, they could chair and, and there's nothing like super i didn't think anything was super goofy or anything like sometimes you watch these movies that are trying to be serious especially in the exploitation genre which we watch a lot of and you know they're trying to take themselves seriously but they just do so many incredibly dumb things the shots are awful the effects are awful or something that it's like you can't really take it seriously and the
0: fight scenes are so over the top or something like that yeah
1: this is not that nope this takes its subject matter seriously it's well shot it's well acted there's not a single bad performance in there well from the main actors the the strippers dancing leaves a little bit to be desired but that's not it's not really the end
0: coffee really she's not like a quip master
1: no like i said just it feels very real i mean she does drop the the motherfucking dope pusher at the beginning, which yeah, is amusing.
0: That that is a beautiful line. And she's not exactly the best at what she's doing. I mean she's caught early on. Yeah. I mean everybody the other prostitutes see through her disguise, you know, and then the eye patch recognizes her off the bat and she's caught. Yeah. She's not but she like, gets her ven-
1: Yeah, she does she gets her vengeance. She does she gets win there. out in the end. She gets lucky, <laughs> a little bit, but you know, better lucky than good. She's quite resourceful. She is. She's very resourceful, and you can tell that she uh, she has some experience. Like I said, with the the bottle fighting and the things, you can tell that she's gotten into some scraps before in her in her life.
0: Oh, Pam Grier's had a rough life.
1: Well, yeah, not just Pam Grier, I just mean the character as well. Yeah, because you want to play with knives, obviously she's ready to throw down. Like she's seen she's seen some knife fights in her day. Pam Grier, amazing woman. I guess it was her idea to hide things in her hair like that.
0: It was a good idea.
1: It's yes. one of the best things. Yeah, it's a co- very cool movie.
0: That was I, one um, of our commercials. I
1: enjoyed it thoroughly. <laughs> oh, yeah, Where were we are going to put those?
0: <laughs> yeah, I only stopped for one. But don't worry. They, they were there. You heard them,
1: audience. Yep, they're, they're around. For, professional production here.
0: Yep. So that was coffee. We,
1: Oh, yeah, we just got very excited talking about it that's all yeah it's, it's kind of hard
0: to break the flow sometimes
1: i was so happy like how good this was i'm like man and we only get we don't get a, we don't always get good ones this one was uh this one was good
0: this one highly really, recommended
1: really good. 100% recommend pretty much anybody who likes drama revenge movies shit set in the 70s <laughs> like pretty much anybody who can handle it's it's obviously a very adult film but like if you can handle some nudity and some violence this is this is a great movie.
0: Yep. Uh, next week we are doing some martial arts films.
1: Hell yes.
0: We're doing the Thirty Sixth Chamber of Shaolin, which is going to be fun, and then early Jackie Chan work with Police Story.
1: I've never seen it, but I've heard it is very good. Oh, one of his best. That's what I've heard, so I'm excited. If you love Jackie Chan, you'd love Police Story. I do love Jackie Chan. He's he's a very entertaining guy. Then you will love Police Story. Excited.
0: But that's what we've coming up next week. And we have a guest next week.
1: Yay, I love having guests. It's always fun to, to mix it up.
0: William Wright, who helps with our ads, he really likes... Those two martial arts films. So, and I warned him, like, well, it's two episodes in one night. You know, are you sure you're up to it? He's like, yes, kick ass, awesome. And he's also on the, the East Coast, so it's super late for him.
1: Yeah, it's well. I but hope hey. he, uh, yeah, that's his sleep. I don't, I don't know what he does for a living. You know, if he has uh, weird hours, then you know, maybe stay up late. Who cares?
0: But that's all we got next week. The martial arts films.
1: Hell yes. We yeah. found times.
0: Yep. And so that was coffee. Hope you enjoyed it. Big special thanks to Charlie McMullen and William Wright and Martha Page for recording the advertisements heard in this episode. Make sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you like what we do, make sure to leave a review, let others know, help get the word out. For more episodes, check out our website, exploitatpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at podcast exploit or on Instagram at exploititpodcast. Or contact us at exploitpodcast at gmail.com. Alright, that's a wrap on this episode. Alright. Good night, everyone.
1: Good night.